When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And I'm just going to say it. Nickelodeon needs to stop trying to do like, I don't know, different versions of the original theme song and just do an anime opener for the next oh, show. Oh no, what they do now. I mean, they haven't done anything. They're just always trying to like do different <laughs> like versions of, you know, okay. the original cartoon song. I'm just saying they oh. should do like an anime like Utaku core opener. Uh, you know, I've you know, seen... for like the next one, it'd be pretty cool. You know, I feel like I I agree. Um, yeah. I saw somebody do one for Rise, and it was so good. Um, I can't remember the Twitter account, but I, I've I've seen a couple people do edits of them. Um, but you know, I 100% agree. I think that would be. You know, like if any if anything, like I get people that don't don't like Rise for whatever reason, but at least a lot of people had like the animation and how well that was. Mm-hmm. Like take that kind of take the anime fights, you know, and bring that into you know future turtles content. I think I think that can stay. You're saying you want like an opening that's just like a, a rock band yelling Japanese that you can't understand while like a bunch of action stuff happens. I'm I all mean, down it, for that. It could be uh, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot but, of tropes that go into anime openings, like yeah. you know, fighting fighting against the wind, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I I I'm with you. I would love to see that. They could, turtle, they could yeah. do it in Japanese. OP. They could do it in Japanese. Just but take it also the, could be in English. I, I don't care. Just take the theme from One Punch Man and put it over like the there original cartoon opening, and we'll just go with that. <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of good ones. Like, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but um, I mean, yeah. most of like the My Hero Academia ones, except for like I don't know that one in season four that was super slow. Uh, uh, I've been really the one, good. The one with the band, where they were they getting ready yeah. for, the t- for the talent show. Yeah, uh, you know, it took me a while, but I liked that one eventually. I just I can't get into it. I can't. It it just it's cute, but yeah, like after like the banger, like uh, oh God, Odd Future is my favorite one. Yeah, like that one's real good. I really like singing to the sky. Like mm. peace I, sign, anyway. peace sign, yeah, is, peace sign is peace sign is probably the best one. Yeah, uh, but but Odd Future is my favorite one. Yeah. So yeah, all I'm saying is is like especially after hearing like the the Japanese opening for the 2003 cartoon. I'm like, <laughs> which, yeah, that's a banger. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Give that to us, man. Yeah. What, what are you doing, Nickelodeon? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I, I'm pretty sure that like 13% of all people who continue to watch an anime continue to watch because they love the theme song. I'm, I mean, no. <laughs> you're not wrong. And yeah. that's the thing is like, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit and then like, 
I don't know. I, I think it takes like a couple episodes and then like my wife and I will be like, eh, we didn't like this OP. And then a couple episodes later, we're like, all right, that's up. That's on the list. That's like, that's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, what this episode's actually about. <laughs> <laughs> episode, I mean, issues 27 through 29 of volume one of the Mirage comics. Yeah. Well, so that's Dreams of Stone, Sons of the Silent Age and Men of Shadow. Some more of the guest era. Yeah. Yeah. Two of these were actually considered canon by Peter Laird's, uh, what he declared canon, because they were published by in-house Mirage uh, people. So that would be Dreams of Stone and Sons of the Silent Age. So they're they're tentatively canon. Yes. Like, they're close enough. Yeah. There's a lot of stories during the guest era, though, that, like, don't necessarily break continuity, so you could say they're part of it, but I think Peter mm. Laird just kind of came out with a blanket statement that was like, everything except these two issues, don't count them. Which is like, because these issues are squarely, like, in the guest era, but also, like, these should have been Tales issues. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I kind of have my same reservation that I did uh, for the river, mm. like that trilogy. I mean, that's the thing, though, is like this this comic definitely moves as more like a, more more like a Silver Age esque comic, or or even back in the Bronze Age, there was still plenty. I feel like one shot comics that weren't a part of a full overarching story. They just kind of told a little story inside the issue itself. And that's, and I think that's fine. Um, it's just, it's just the, the pacing seems glacial and it's like, we keep going back to New Hampshire and which is, which is fine. It's just, we've already gone back to New York in the main like continuity. And so to have like the next issue be, you know, back where we literally just spent a year um, and to go back to it, it just, it, it's kind of annoying. I mean, they've just moved their headquarters now. They just live in, like, they didn't go back to New York to reclaim it. They just went to go get revenge, finish up their revenge. And Northampton right, okay. is like the center of every supernatural happening in America. I, I know. Right? So like yeah. all this stuff is happening in Northampton. Yeah. Um, but, it, but like, okay, so then, then answer me this: Does do these issues take place after Return to New York? Yes. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yep. I mean, so so that makes a little bit of sense. So they're they're just road tripping it back and back and forth, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. After they kill Shredder, they just kind of move back to Northampton and uh, hang out there for a couple of years until City at War. Okay, so am I stupid and I missed that then? I mean, no, because if I, you read, I don't think that was ever explained. Yeah, if you read like the color classics or if you read the ultimate collection, these issues are not included. They are skipped. The, the end, of, uh, end of Return to New York, I think, just ends with them burning Shredder's body. You never actually see them go back to Northampton, but yeah, that is what happens. Okay, because yeah, because. I think that I think that's the biggest thing that I've been struggling with, is like, and that's part of why I feel like these are just tales issues, is because, like, 
why aren't they still in New York? And I guess I missed that part where they go back to Northampton. Yeah. Yeah. They, they never explicitly show it. I guess it's just supposed to be assumed that they're, that's just where they live now. What's crazy oh, is that. You know what like, they say about assume. Yeah. What's crazy is that radical and complete carnage also moved to Northampton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a quinky dink there. Yeah. Speaking of, maybe we should uh, start telling about these stories. Oh, yeah. man, why don't we? The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. So starting off this trilogy, uh, Dreams of Stone, original uh, publishing date, November 1989. Cover, writing, pencils, and inks all by the Doonster, Michael Dooney. So as this issue opens, Donatello is dreaming about a disembodied voice where he then starts to get some clarification in his dream and is a giant Native American chief. Don's trying to figure out what is going on uh, when he starts to even starts to make out a different vision where there's a giant caped monster and a beautiful Native American woman. Don recognizes this as complete carnage who we met issues and issues ago. Uh, the chief then uh, calls his, the Native American woman his granddaughter, who you call Radical. Donatello grabs his bow and prepares to assist Radical, but then the chief continues, she is proud. The darkness seeks to consume her. It is strong here in the dreams. She fights the evil one alone, and they are bound together. Donatello wakes up, uh, accidentally knocking over all the other turtles because uh, this was all happening in his dream. But meanwhile, Donatello's dream was real. We find out that Complete Carnage and Radical are, have fallen out of the dream and are just lying stunned on the ground. The turtles report their dream to Splinter, who states that uh, it is a powerful omen and that the turtles should go try and help. And to go to a place of where great visions are known to happen, the giant neon buffalo. Leo remembers that Casey mentioned a neon buffalo, and it turns out that it's just a roadside you know, tchotchke tourist trap selling, selling quote unquote Indian goods. Uh, as the turtles are heading there though, they do find Radical and Complete Carnage starting another fight. Uh, Radical then uh, defeats uh, Complete Carnage for a bit and knocks him away where she begins to explain uh, how her powers are, have evolved and that she is in tune that she's actually a native american superhero actually no she is not a superhero very emphatically states she is not a superhero uh but she does she does have weird powers that come from native american spirits she called summons force uh, summons forth a thunderbird uh to help her defeat complete carnage once and for all complete carnage uh we find out uh is the antithesis to radical who Radical uses the power of nature, where complete carnage uses the power of man-made earth and stuff. So he can move through cement where she moves through the air. Uh, complete carnage shows back up where uh, Radical is starting to fight with the tur uh, fight with him again. Uh, she's using her rain powers and she transforms the ground into water. Uh, pulling Carnage into it, killing him, and then uh, that's it. <laughs> Donatello, uh, she flies, she flies away. Donatello just stares at, looks into the clouds, and he goes, "I hear the spirit of the wind." All right. 
my issue is number 28, Sons of the Silent Age. It, the writer was Stephen Murphy, but usually just called Steve Murphy in the books. Uh, pencils were done by Jim Lawson and Kevin Eastman and Rick Veach. Because like Kevin Eastman and Rick Veach both have a single page in there from previous issues that existed. So our story opens with Raphael stewing about all the times he's come close to dying lately, which, you know, with return to New York in the river is twice. Uh, I guess maybe contemplating the fragility of life. I don't know, but he's pretty moody and uh, Casey and Leo are trying to get him out of it. And they finally do when they get everyone to go on a rafting trip they've been planning. So they head down on the river uh, on this raft and pass a dirty power plant and they make camp for the night. And while they sit around the fire, Raphael wanders over to the river and notices an injured merwoman, like creature from the Black Lagoon style fish woman washed up on the shore uh he uh she's injured and they notice and so everyone else comes over to help casey and april try to give her cpr but then four mermen approach and uh they think that she they are hurting the female and so they try to uh you know of course stop and attack and so then the turtles are forced to fight them to keep them away while april and casey try to save the female's life April looks into the female's eyes and is telepathically given their really tough history uh, by that eye contact. So she's able to see how they've essentially gone extinct due to uh, the white man moving in essentially more or less and uh, you know, pollution and things. So there are only five of these mermen left and now four because the female dies. Everyone stops fighting after she dies and the four fishmen are allowed to approach and take the female back into the waters. April realizes, seeing the four men that are the last of their kind, that the turtles mirror that same situation. The end. All right, and finally we have issue 29, Men of Shadow. Everything in this is by the artist A.C. Farley. So in his hideout, Clark Aston Allard is debating what it means to be a hero. He admits he doesn't have superpowers, but tries to do what is necessary. While accessing files on his computer about the Necronomicon, he notices a flying eye spying on him and shoots it with his laser pistol. Now in the woods outside of Northampton, three of the turtles are trying to subdue a giant turtle mech. They wind up knocking it over and Don pops out. Don's nice and giddy about all the cool stuff he's been able to salvage from the machine. Meanwhile, in Arkham, Massachusetts, two kids are talking about how they just bought The Dark Knight Returns number one when they're ambushed by some bullies who rip up the comic when the kids try and stick up for themselves. Meanwhile, at the University of Massachusetts Library Annex in Arkham, uh, Casey and April have been taken hostage by a group of vampires. Those vampires have raised an army of the undead to help them acquire a mystic artifact for their lord. The Ninja Turtles hear about this on the radio and sneak in to save April and Casey as Allard from before arrives. A battle ensues that ends with Allard flying a suicide bomb zombie out the window before it destroys the library. Don's able to get a tracking shuriken onto the vampire's getaway car. Now Allard, uh, in the explosion, he's launched into a field where the two kids from earlier are. Uh, His flight suit has been badly damaged and the kids help him into a regeneration pod in one of his nearby hideouts. 
when the kid reads all about Allard's backstory, that a vampire lord is spying on them with these flying eyes, and that vampire lord is probably going to destroy the world. Uh, the vampires ambush the hideout and take Allard and the kid to some kind of crazy portal opening ceremony in Innsmouth. The turtles and Casey show up in the turtle mech and crash the portal opening ceremony, but it's too late. These cultists have used the artifacts stolen earlier to unleash some sort of tentacle monster. The Ninja Turtles and Casey duke it out with the vampires, and one of the kids uses a broken piece of one of Casey's baseball bats to stab the lead vampire through the heart. Allard is pulled into the tentacle monster while trying to use the artifact to close the portal. The whole place is trash, but the turtles are safe. Those kids face the bully again and get beat up, and then we get one final look at Allard coming out of another regeneration pod. The end? <laughs> the end? And that was a hard one to summarize. Props, Key. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, because that made more sense than reading the issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I read it a couple times. I'm like, I, I actually kind of played just like leaving all this stuff with the Ninja Turtles out of it because they're only in like three parts of it. But we'll get into that in the anchovies, I yeah. guess. <laughs> all right, then. Let's let's hurry and visit the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. So it was nice seeing Radical again. Yeah. Um, like I, I think I, I said it last time. I think her as a concept is is cool. Um, so I, I just wish we got more of her, like more often. Because yeah. isn't this her last appearance too? No, um, no. She shows up in Volume Four. Oh, okay. And and Tales Volume Two. Oh, and Tales Volume Two. Okay. Yeah. So it's gonna be a while though until she shows up again. She kind of disappears for a time. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I, I mean, granted, I, there, I, the concept of their powers is definitely like a, an environmentalism, uh, you know, inspired thing, you know, nature versus man-made stuff, which is interesting. You know, I mean, Peter Laird and stuff was very into promoting and probably Kevin Eastman too. I, I'm not sure exactly which one, but I, I know for sure. I think that Peter Laird, uh, continues that theme even when he's just the one writing of uh being anti-pollution you know pro yeah uh pro nature all that kind of stuff i've right now words are just failing me for some reason (laughs) but long week Yeah. yeah it has it's been a crazy day for me but anyway uh i also think though that they might kind of be inspired by new gods because like the, these concepts were introduced back when Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman were writing the Tales issue. Mm-hmm. And so like new gods, you go to apocalypse and everything on the whole world is man-made and and is, it's all about subjugation, subjugation of the world itself, of the people. And then you have the people on New Genesis, the good gods, and their city floats above the planet. The planet is able to just be nature and, you know, they don't impose anything upon it at all. Everyone is free there. And those are kind of like the, the symbols of like good and evil for, for Jack Kirby, ultimately, uh, or at least an idea of what they are, you know, is subjugation versus freedom. Uh, and so I just kind of also wonder if, you know, that whole like, being free in nature versus like the subjugated planet of apocalypse is also kind of another theme that's brought in from 
a Jack Kirby inspiration because I know that Peter Laird really likes New Gods. He says it on his blog. Uh, so I wonder if like that concept was kind of uh, inspired by that. It's possible that it's not that he was just like nature versus man-made stuff. But it also I like it better than the original origin they had, which is like they were two descendants of warring you know, warring alien races that got hit by lightning or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, kind of stupid. So, um, give me just a second, my cat. I'm sure you can hear my cat. No, not now. I could. Not? I heard it now. I think a little earlier. Okay. Oh, I thought. It, I be... thought it was. I thought it was a kid outside. Give me. Give me a sec. Room. I'm gonna. I'm gonna toss him out of the room. He's purring really loud. All right. Sorry about that. You're good. Um, so yeah, that's one of the inspirations I think you might have been pulling from. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. So I. I read the like original print of this and in his opening editorial, Michael Dooney kind of apologizes for the sudden Native American kick that Turtles is on. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna I'm gonna bring that up. Yeah. yeah I was he gonna said, bring it up just in the second time around. I was like, huh. He said he said he didn't know that Rick Veach was gonna do something similar, but like his comic was already pretty much finished. So he's like, Well, I I guess we'll just go ahead and print it. <laughs> so. Um, we also we get our first ad for the movie in this comic book. In the in the very back, there's the picture of the poster, and opposite that is a picture of Kevin and Peter with a guy in a Leonardo suit, which is pretty cool. Oh, hmm. is that all that everyone had for Dreams of Stone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It, it's it's not a bad issue. Um, it's just kind of. It's just kind of there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so for Sons of the Silent Age, first thing I just realized is apparently that's the name of a David Bowie song. Oh, oh really? Nice. I realized huh. that while just Googling. There's a, <laughs> so I need to listen to that, apparently. Uh, I realized looking at the cover that it is, uh, it looks like the show V, which. I don't know uh, that show. Oh, man. It was a big show in the, I think it was the 80s, um, where there were secret lizard people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was just a, just a funny observation. A real-life documentary, though, right? Because there really are lizard people, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, they're at the Denver airport, if, I, if I've read the signs correctly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living underneath it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah fascinating uh, stuff. Facts, people, real facts. The credits for this issue are kind of interesting because it says... It's Sons of the Silent Age by April O'Neil, as told to Stephen Murphy and Jim Lawson. Huh. They're kind oh, of trying to do like a little meta thing. Yeah, that's a little. That's a little. Okay, so so that's the thing. I was I was wondering if it was April narrating the whole time, because uh, that wasn't entirely clear. I think it's. I think it is, and she's journaling again too on the raft. I noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it made sense and like it, it clicked for me that it oh it's okay it's april talking um but it was just kind of like oh okay um i just yeah <laughs> i also i i went back and looked in uh return to new york and the river to see if those pages that eastman and uh rick veach had done were in those books and they're not those are actually new art oh, one wow. thing i noticed i was gonna say i don't remember uh, yeah like especially the the mew mewing raf uh-huh um that didn't look familiar yeah that those things happen in those books but they're not like the full page like exactly but yeah. i did notice 
Uh, there's a part where April tells the baby Raphael in the river, not this time, baby. And she mm. says that again to him in this book when he's like contemplating what's happened to him. Hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah, it is interesting. Anyway, so back again, like on the Native American thing, like once again, it did show like a Native American kind of running off with the with the mer people in this one. And yeah. so, yeah, see, kind like, of... I thought that was a callback to the last issue. Yeah, for a second. It, like that's the thing is like I was just wondering if maybe in the eighties there was like a further like push and stuff and like media and storytelling to like recognize injustices done to Native Americans or to recognize them in general. No, no. At that time. Okay. At least Steve Murphy did. He he was big on that and environmentalism and like And Dooney. Yeah, and that shows up a lot in Team and T Adventures because Steve Murphy wrote those too. So okay. that's like a big running theme in that series as well. But yeah, no, people, I want to say it wasn't until like last of the Mohicans in the early 90s where people like the sentiment maybe started to change, like Dances with Wolves, mm-hmm. um, which kind of sucks that it was those movies. Um, <laughs> but I want, I want to say it's, it's kind of around that time when like the general sentiment was starting to change, like, oh, crap. Maybe we have been terrible to Native American people all this time. Hmm. You mean it yeah, wasn't Indian in the cover that did it? Uh, definitely not Indian in the cover. Okay, good. Definitely not Indian <laughs> in the cover. Uh, but I thought the concept of the of the Mer people was 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 neat, but it uh, it also seemed just kind of weird that they're living in the <laughs> in the river in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's it's next to that like you know nuclear power plant so it could be like a you know springfield fish situation yeah Mm -hmm. i it's just it's just not clear yeah i mean the thing that i kind of i know almost like with ninja turtles is that it's almost one of those things where like trouble finds them and because like these problems and issues show up no matter where they're at i don't know my opinion whether it's northampton or new york I just think it kind of says something that, you know, even more just like the world is like full of all sorts of, you know, just the entire world yeah. is filled with all sorts of secret things that just go unnoticed. Well, I think, I think I mentioned it. Idea. I think I mentioned it in a previous episode how the turtles are, are basically reactionary. Like they're, they're uh-huh. very, very seldom times when the turtles are actually on the, you know, being proactive. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're usually always reacting to something or like, you know, they just a lot of the time they're guests in their own issues. Yeah, yeah. Especially really, really these, proactive. Especially these three. Issues. Really, really proactive when they're trying to kill the shredder, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything else is just kind of like, hey, we're just hanging out. Oh crap, there's mer people. Yeah. Ah uh, crap, there's a death cult. Well, and that's the thing though that like Peter Laird has said in notes is like the turtles aren't really vigilantes. They're not really superheroes. They don't go out like looking for trouble. Which is uh, which makes they it run all the more weirder when people are like, oh, they kill people all the time in these comics. It's like, no, the turtles want to be left alone half the time. Yeah. Like, they just want to do, like, they did their mission. They just want to hang out now. Yeah, and if they see, like, a problem, if they see someone being, like, mugged or robbed, they'll step in and stop it, is kind of what he said. But they're not, like, They're not actively, actively patrolling the city. and Looking stuff. to fight crime. and Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is just super weird having grown up on that kind of like turtles. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's weird seeing these this other side. Yeah. yeah, I've kind of grown to like it a lot. 
I kind of like the more like we're just trying to fight to survive and also, you know, just kind of live in the world and be mostly undisturbed. I I, I kind of like that take a lot with it personally, uh, more so than it like resonates. The, it resonates with you. I yeah. guess. <laughs> uh, I like I, it too, but you have to get over the like, you have to suspend your disbelief that like, again, like every, thing interesting in the world happens in northampton massachusetts you know, yeah that's like, the thing Not, <laughs> yeah. none of this is happening in new york yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you really have to just be like okay northampton new hampshire is the weirdest place yeah. in america or yeah, like in all of new york like they find the one giant crocodile and like they're the only ones that have ever found it you know yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's it's definitely one of those things that where they've had to I mean, like with time with the storytelling, they've changed it up so that they can have that happen. Like where they can have them not necessarily be out looking for trouble, but still have it find them. And they found better ways to do it with things like Agent Bishop or Noel trying to hunt them down yeah. or, you know, problems of Shredder. Or they run into the fact that this alien that created them is also planning to terraform Earth. And so it's like, OK, well, I guess we have to stop it. You know, like, you know, we have no other <laughs> yeah. choice. I live on this Earth. I need to, you know. So they're kind of almost constantly fighting for their survival in like the IDW series and other things yeah. uh, more so than running into all these coincidentally uh, crazy moments and just being magnets for trouble. Or their human friends are getting captured by vampires, which is what happens in Minnow Shadow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which speaking of Man of Shadow, uh, I really liked the cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really love the cover for this one, um, and that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. So I know, like in his in his opening letter, AC Farley mentions that this is kind of like a love letter to all the comics that inspired him. Okay. So there's a lot of like Lovecraft uh, and other kinds of references. So like yeah. Arkham, obviously, Innsmouth is a is a location in Lovecraft stories. Um, I was gonna say I was to pick it up on the on the Lovecraftian aspects of it um but i guess Apparently, they i guess they were a little bit more subtle than i than i know so well then even like i guess the kids names are from uh starman jones which is a I, story that he read when he was a kid okay i was gonna say purvis is a very specific name <laughs> yeah i know i was like purvis why'd they name him purvis what a yeah. weird <laughs> yeah well and donatello also mentions that he's been getting parts from u.s robots and mechanical men which is the robotics company in Isaac Asimov's stories, apparently. Like, ah, thank, okay. thank goodness for that opening uh, editorial because AC Farley like lays all this out. It's like this isn't even all of it, but here's some some pointers. So, wow, yeah, yeah. If it's a good thing you have like those issues with the. With yeah, the I was gonna stuff. say uh, that's not really included in the version I read. Yeah. 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 What's also not included is there's a, a cool ad for Brat Pack by Rick Veach, which is a, <laughs> it's a comic that's like Watchmen, but it's like the sidekicks, but it's a Tundra publication. And if you know what Tundra is, like Kevin Eastman must have been super busy around this time with the movie, this comic, and his own publishing company going mm. on. Yeah. Yeah, Brat Pack is, it's like the boys before the boys happened. Have yeah, either of you read it? I've never read it. No, I haven't. when you were mentioning I've Brad Pack, I was get I was thinking of the Power Pack from Marvel. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. no, it, it's I, I read it. I've seen like a, a video on it on YouTube. It's one of those things I've always meant to read, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's definitely very very dark. Kind of uh, 
mean-spirited towards uh, comic book superheroes and especially the concept of sidekicks. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Apparently, Rick Veach had uh, a lot of issues with uh, the big two at the time. Gotcha. So he would have hated Bucky, is what I'm hearing. Probably, yeah. Probably, yes. <laughs> and, and he had definitely had a lot of issues with, with DC, because that's where he was working before he went out. I mean, to be honest, who didn't have issues with DC in the 80s? Yeah. True. Poor Alan Moore. <laughs> I mean, I still have issues with Alan Moore, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He yeah. knows what he did. Uh, yeah, everybody has issues with DC and or Alan Moore. <laughs> right. He knows what he did. I don't know what he did. Well, he knows. That's and that's the important part. That's the important part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's on a need to know basis. He knows. Don't worry. All right. Well then, that's all we have for the second time around. Let's hit anchovies. <laughs> Let's get into those anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call legend low. So Raven Shadowheart. <laughs> Did they call her that in this in this story? No, I'm just okay. I just know her name and <laughs> just with like no hints of it last time. Oh yeah, of this her, is of, totally completely like, rewriting everything. Yeah, this is totally retconned her origin because even she was like questioning like, oh yes, that's what you called it, my particle beam. Mm, well, I think she's saying that's what she called it type thing it's one of those things where she's like i'm a superhero and no then, she's not a superhero but at first she thought she was is what she explains like yeah and like then i she thought like, i was and, then, and i thought i had all these very men, you know? quickly like emphatically no i am not a superhero yeah yeah it seems like she's kind of uh turned her life into a new direction and just kind of sees herself as this being that must fight but has she like has Carnage. she been fighting with him the entire time? I mean, no, because he's had to get all his pieces back together this entire time. Yeah. So remember yeah. they mailed him across the country and he was just like a hitchhiking forearm at the end of uh what Tales issue five, right? Yeah, so like what I just Yeah. <laughs> I, I still like I still don't really care about them either. Like I, I don't either. Like I yeah. want to, and I said I like Ra I like Radical. I think she's cool. I just there's just it just nothing's clicking with her yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also I don't understand. <laughs> I I understand the concept behind Complete Carnage's powers. Right, he gets his powers from man-made materials. But if Donatello hits him with his bow staff, that is wood, but it's been made by men into a bow staff. So is that natural I mean, or unnatural? Yeah. And this I mean, is the same, kind of I mean, thing that keeps me up at night. I mean, right? same, yeah, yes. exactly. No, exactly. Like, same, yeah. same thing. Like, you know, it, Michelangelo hits him with his nunchucks. You know, that's, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like, where do you draw the line exactly? You know, yeah. like, is he I drawing power every time they smack him? You know? <laughs> I, would, yeah. I, just, I would love to see them tackle complete carnage in a modern incarnation yeah it would be interesting like i would not like, mind it at all like yeah like radical probably not but like also you can't call him complete carnage because that is a stupid name 
stupid because they could have used Carnage because Carnage didn't exist back in the eighties. But they went like they went. Yeah, too they can't far even call it. him Carnage anymore. I know. Yeah. Oh, that's they, true. Maybe that's they why call they haven't him. used him. They can call him Maximum Carnage. Yes, Max Carnage. <laughs> Super Carnage. Carnegie Carnage. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I just I want to like them. They're just they're just. They have they haven't been done right yet, and if, if you know IDW can sneak them in to you know the Pantheon or something, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But until then, like it, it just it just kind of sucks that these are their appearances, and it's like I like I said, I want to like them. I, I I really do. Well, and they keep showing up, but like always in the worst way possible. Like they fight a clone of complete carnage and the image uh crossover with savage mm. dragon and then you know spoiler alert for a comic that's like 20 years old at this point but leonardo winds up marrying radical in in the future what and then fighting complete carnage again yeah it's and that's like even more out of the blue than them showing up in this issue like it's it's is that is that in the leonardo like four issue series no it's one of the tales issues Oh, it's is one of the Tales that, issues. Is that it's that like Swan 41 song? or something. Swan yeah, song yeah, I think I that about. is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So I they're gonna we're not done with them, and I would like to be done with them. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't mind them, but they're def I I wouldn't call them like my favorite characters. I would like to try and see them like tackle Carnage in the modern times, like Mike said. Uh, I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, like I, I would love to see a modern version of them. Um, they, they need to they need to define those powers. Like he gets his powers from concrete, and like that's it, not just any. Yeah, he and yeah, and that's the thing is, it's like oh, like he has he he has control over man made substances, and it's like he really only disappears into the concrete. Well, even in this issue, like and then he slept that, half the issue. Yeah, that too. But he finds that big uh, neon buffalo sign, and he draws. He's like, I could draw my power from this, but it's mostly wood yeah exactly right so i don't know it bugs me <laughs> yeah it's definitely a hard uh maybe you should just be like man-made structures and like that's how they maybe do. but yeah, yeah and, and radical too like i'd love to see them kind of update her um just just to be a little bit more in line with you know less less of the mystic native american trope mm-hmm. yeah you know, kind of generic. Oh, the Thunderbird. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, and like, and what what cracked me up was on the cover. Like, there's literally a totem pole in the river <laughs> that she and I know that. Fi- her and uh, Complete Carnage are fighting in, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> Which, granted, they do mention like I can't remember if they actually call it a totem pole, but they they say like you know, there's that tower. Um, and then, like the great beaver is like chewing on it, and if it falls, you know, the world ends. Oh yeah. Um, which okay, <laughs> but they never actually like show like the spiritual beaver. And then, God, the thing that cracked me up the most was when they like thank Coyote, like the spirit god Coyote. Yeah. And, like there's Coyote's face just in the clouds. Like <laughs> you're welcome. What I didn't get is like. That so, cracked me up so Radical, much. Radical tells Don, like, you got to finish the spell. And then she's like, remember, Don, the coyote. And Don's like, oh, yeah, the coyote. But I went back. I'm like, when did Don ever even see a coyote? Like, I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Oh my god. That was that was just too funny though. All right, are we are we done beating this one? Should we move on to the yeah. next one? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm and I'm not even beating it. It's not it's not the worst. It's better than the first time they show up. Definitely. All right, Sons of the Silent Age. I'll be honest. I I really don't have a lot to have anchovies about except that we didn't have more Murphy and Lawson issues because they seem to work really well together. Yeah. yeah. Uh it wasn't a bad issue. Um it felt it felt a little incoherent only because like I didn't it took me a while to realize that April was narrating. And then also, like, it felt short. Yeah, it does. It does feel short. It's like forty-eight pages. Is it like really? That. It's like forty-four or forty-eight. And yeah. I mean, such a quick like read, minutes. though. Yeah, it's because there's a lot of like just pan- wordless panels and mm-hmm. in like you know action going on there, as well as they're pretty big panels too. Yeah, there's only ever like three on a page or so. Yeah. But I don't know. For me, that really played to its strength. I I liked it kind of for for the art and for that reason. Yeah, I think. I mean, as much as I love Michael Dooney's art, I think this one might have had my favorite art of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Um, but <laughs> but, but we're I'm not still there. But we're not, yeah, we're, yeah, not we're, there still we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But yeah, yeah like. I don't know. It, it it just it felt it felt weird at the end too when April's like, oh, those three, like those four mermaid men are just like my four turtle men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of seems like a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, especially because like who was the girl supposed to represent then? Is she April? Because like yeah, is like is she April? I mean, I don't think it's supposed to. I don't think it's supposed to go that far. I think it's literally just supposed to go with well, like four that are the last of their kind that are all dudes. Well, because like, because like the cover, not be anymore. like the cover of the issue is like that is half merwoman, half April. Yeah. And so it's like it, it the cover draws that uh, that connection. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Get you thinking. <laughs> Gets me thinking too much for an issue with not a lot of words in it. Yeah. I need it spelled out for me. And then like by the end of the issue, Raph doesn't really have an arc. He's yeah. still feel he's still feeling pretty bummed. Yeah, I, I think the point I mean I feel like it was just like a little like character development moment they just kind of gave him where they're just like I well I also think it does kind of continue with the theme of the fragility of life like there felt like it's kind of a theme of that in this is just like at any moment like you could be approaching the end and it's it's the end for you know your species yeah. you. and that's not bad like it it's I, it's just i wish it was a little bit stronger yeah I, I think i think too it's not it's more like april's arc than his arc too because like she's mm-hmm. the one who gets the understanding of them but like None of the turtles seem to learn a lesson from this at all. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I said, the guests, the turtles are guests in their own issues most of the time. Mm-hmm. Especially this next issue, Men of Shadow. Yeah. Yeah. We want to jump like, into that one. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do it. It's all over the place. Yeah. This <laughs> issue is easily the worst of the three. I was trying to find. Because I, I was like, this 
Clark Ashton Allard guy has got to be a character that's like from another comic that Farley worked on or something. As far as I can tell, he's not, even though he has like his own motivation, uh, secret gadgets and hideouts and like a rogues gallery. Apparently. Is this his own? Is this his only appearance? Yeah. And in like any comic, like he's not from like another comic crossing over into this or anything as far as no, right. Tell. But like, this is his only turtles appearance too. Yeah. It's so wild and like weird. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. And so it's pretty confusing, especially since they have him, then they introduce these two boys that don't show up until later. And, who and don't then we do see the anything. turtles. Yeah, yeah the they, tur- get, they yeah. get captured. Like, so it is it is all over the place. Like, and then there's that hilarious picture uh, <laughs> that I posted earlier of the of the turtles riding the giant mech and Casey yeah. like going up to Purvis and was like, Hey kid, we're lost. Can you give us some direction? Yes. yes that is, that's <laughs> the best moment of the whole story. Right there. <laughs> but then again, my, like one of my biggest anchovies of this is they have this awesome turtle mech. Donatello uses it to bust into this portal summoning thing. And then he immediately ejects. He doesn't yep. do anything with it. He doesn't do yeah. anything with his yeah. giant turtle mech, which, okay. Did they, they, I'm, I, when you were summarizing it, you said that like he was salvaging stuff. Yeah, from that robotics company. Okay, so that's where this came from. Yeah. Got it. Because I was like, where the hell did they get this mech? <laughs> right. Well, he's also got like a shuriken with a bunch of circuitry on it and stuff. Yeah, the tracking guy. shuriken. Yeah. No, there's there's definitely some like gadgety, gadgety Donatello in here, which isn't something we haven't seen in Mirage before. Yeah, which like is why we, like we've seen him be techie and he was like the mm-hmm. smart one who fixed the plumbing and like we've seen him working on circuit boards and stuff but yeah. like this is this is cartoon donatello yeah, this is straight yeah. up 87 donatello. This is straight yeah. up 87 yes like... so that is why this one i was on the fence on including it in our canon read through or not and i forgot about the electron i forgot about the electronic shuriken and i was just like well it kind of says that he found the robot somewhere else it will fit it in <laughs> nope he's got a tracking shuriken so yes but this one you, isn't you've ruined the whole the whole thing spencer i've ruined the whole thing i know yeah. i just didn't think it was that bad of a of a continuity <laughs> break had, but we yeah. had a whole thing going but this one i felt this one i was like the most on the fence about was just like i'll include it <laughs> well, apparently this this one Peter still does not consider canon. No, so yeah, no, it's pretty much just the stuff written by Eastman and Laird, and then Sons of the Silent Age and Dreams, uh, of, Dreams Stone. of Stone. Yeah, and and just that, and like that's what canon is, according to Peter Laird. Since IDW has only reprinted color classics and like, and you know. Uh, ultimate collection i'd imagine that that is what is currently considered canon for uh viacom i guess or idw or whoever the reprinting is i would see it as like just make up your own mind you know exactly there's nothing outside of like donatello built a mech and has a tracking shirt and there's nothing about this issue that yeah like blatantly flies in the face of continuity as long as it doesn't contradict you know other stories then yeah it's canon these are fictional turtles people like we've already had contradictions because like where was leatherhead when they were at their old base in uh i mean yeah new york so like we've had some contradictions before but yeah but i'm I'm just saying like canon canon especially in like media like this is always going to be fluid like Mm -hmm. like star wars for example like star wars is a very fluid canon 
Mm-hmm. Like even even under the unified canon that's been in place since uh, you know Disney took over, mm-hmm. you know they they they'll overwrite themselves. You know they just did it in the new show Bad Batch. Like yeah, it contradicts a comic. It's okay. Yeah, like it does. It's contradicting canon like that is 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 fine. Yeah. So anyway, I. <laughs> that was my, one, sorry that was my tangent oh you're good so this one, <laughs> yeah, one no. per episode, so. <laughs> yeah so this one i was kind of like i said i was on the fence about included it anyway because i was just like yeah what the heck also gonna say it my least favorite art inside the issue oh really yeah, yeah. i i like the way ac farley draws, draws the turtles i think it's yeah. really i think it's really unique everybody else in this issue was hideous all right. Well, I true, but also everyone else was like vampires and fish people. I mean, granted, so, yes. But, yeah, you're granted, absolutely zombies. Right, yeah. But yeah. but even like you know, April Clark and Casey. At, yeah, April and Casey. Like there, there's that one panel where, uh, when when they're still being held hostage, and like April and Casey are talking, and the way he drew Casey, Casey looks like one of the cult members. Oh yeah, I had like, a problem figuring out that like Allard was even there because I thought he was Casey and Casey got free somehow. Yeah, I mean like, it it it, yeah. it makes more sense when you read it in color, but you, oh, but yeah. you're right. Like if I didn't have that color, they they look so similar. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. because like some of the panels he draws Casey, like his hair is like thinning and like in these weird spiky like looks. Um, and like so he like i said he looks like one of the cult members but then you see allard and allard's you know a normal looking dude and so you're like oh okay that must be casey yeah i think i think there's definitely a reason why ac foul ac farley mostly just does covers uh like like i said the cover is amazing yeah yeah like i love that cover i just think it's when he has to draw a lot of art in a lot of boxes you know, over, over a shorter period of time. Yeah. With, you know, his art, that's when it's not at its strongest. And the turtle mech is kind of just boring. Like it's, it's just a giant Iron Man suit <laughs> with a, with a turtle face drawn on it. It does remind me of like in volume four, they make nanites of the turtles to help April O'Neil. It does. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, they look like the, like they the look head like that. Like yeah. yeah. Which was kind of cute. Anyway, so we're done with anchovies. You can talk about what we love. I think we can. Let's get into it. Oh, I love being a turtle. So Radical looks so much better in this issue than the first time around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, and I even mentioned it last time, like Dooney, Dooney's redesign of her, like it's, it's subtle. I mean, she just doesn't have the terrible, you know, 80s perm. Yeah. Um, she's still got super long hair, um, but also the addition of like the little like bands around her legs, like that doesn't look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still well, and, an all white costume. <laughs> yeah, I also think Dooney just like draws human faces better than Jim Lawson. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like some people are better at drawing turtles, like AC Farley. Some people are better at drawing human faces, like Michael Dooney. So, you know, he he definitely she looks a lot better in this issue than she did the last couple of yeah absolutely um 
I, I Dooney's turtles are still some of my favorite. So like this issue didn't look bad at all. Like I loved it. Yeah. I like how he draws complete carnage too. Like the close. Yeah. Carnage looked face. really cool. Yeah. You like him without the speedo? uh yeah and his <laughs> his nipples seemed less prominent <laughs> they <Yes>. were <laughs> um so that was nice right but yeah i think i think complete carnage like he looked more you know kind of like abomination from marvel you mm-hmm. know the hulk the hulk bad guy yeah mm-hmm. uh i think i think he looked he looks a lot better as a giant monster like that the cape is still a little weird um just because it's like it's in sometimes it's a literal cape and then sometimes it's like fabric that got stuck on him yeah mm-hmm. and it's like why would this monster man wear a cape like that um but it and what's interesting too is like the way he looks on the cover is completely different than like in the comic mm-hmm. a little bit if that yeah. makes sense, like he, I mean, at least in the color, in the color classic version, like he's white, like kind of grayish with like a purple cape on the cover. But, but the way they color him is like, he, he looks more like uh, Etrigan the demon from DC. Like he's kind of that orangey yellow. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. In fact, I, I said that last time too, <laughs> that he looks like Etrigan the demon. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish that they would like in these IDW colored versions that they would color them, especially if they're on the cover as a different color. Like color them those colors, because for yeah, like, example, be a like, little consistent. Yeah, like like Radical on the cover, her bands are red, but throughout the book they color them black. And I'm kind of like, hmm. can we? I think that is. I've seen that before, and I think that's like a spacing issue. Because uh, I'm looking at one particular panel, and the highlights of the bands on her legs are uh-huh. kind of a reddish brown. Yeah, no, I, I can actually see it now that I'm looking at more panels right now. But there's other so ones. I think, where it's- I think that just yeah, I think that just has to do with how much room they have for the coloring. Yeah, and so just being done in black and white, and so they kind of did it a darker color to illustrate. That yeah, exactly. Because like because because even in the original art like the stuff that should be red is colored black. So mm-hmm. they're just yeah. coloring what they can. I'm looking yeah. at it and it's just like, Dooney just like colored it in black. Yeah, because these were black and white issues. So like, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, like a lot of the- And speaking I mean, some of, of the I'm looking at this panel, there's the giant beaver chewing on the totem pole, so. Yeah, and some yeah. of the colors though, like really look great in this. Like on page 17, where you have her and like the Thunderbird, like rising up around her. Like, yeah, that looks really good, and it looks really like the cool. art. It's, yeah, like the like, art, so the is art great. in this one is really great. Like, yeah. Dooney is hands down one of my favorite favorite turtles artists. Yeah, yeah. and it just looks like the colors too. Like the way they colored it was really well done. It looks really good. From a story standpoint, I like how they actually defeat Complete Carnage. They kind of trick him into going into a road and then turn the road into water. Yeah. And I like that the turtles at least like play a role in this, whereas in the first appearance, it was like they were just kind of really tagging along after complete carnage and radical as they were fighting, whereas here they had an active role in it. Yeah, it was it was really nice. I also feel like as far as like Native American stuff, they incorporated some like actual Native American lore in this. I mean, I'm no expert yeah. on it, 
but yeah, Judy said he was like studying it, so I, I, it I assume still it's feels a little. little it still feels a little too mystic Native American trope, mm-hmm. um, but it is a lot better than the last issue of the river. Yes, yeah, um, I do like that. That's I what I'm Raphael. I was I was definitely cringing less. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I think it's Raphael. He's he's kind of like we talking about like Native American spooks or whatever, and Dante's like, dude, like. Show some respect, you know? Yeah. I like that they had that little moment. Mm-hmm. We did get the white colonizer line again, or the white betrayers. That's what they called them. Yes. thought that was funny. No, that's the thing. It's like, even in, you know, like, and once again, like, Sons of Silent Age, there's, like, another thing with, like, inclusion of Native Americans in there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. was there, like, a big push going on in the 80s at this time? Like, I it was, was at Mirage Studios, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mirage Studios was fighting the good fight for, for Native Americans, apparently. Speaking of, are we are we good to go on Dreams of Stone? Do we want to move to Sons of the Silent Age? Uh, are we still on Dreams of Stone? <laughs> I'm going to move on with Sons of the Silent yeah, Age. Yeah, like okay. it, was, it was a good issue, but uh, yeah, I like Dreams of Stone. Right, Sons of the Silent Age. I I only have one note down, and that's that Jim Lawson draws the crap out of this issue. Yeah. He does. This it's is this is gorgeous. A great looking issue, especially like it's like page two or three. That eagle head as it's swooping down, and then mm-hmm. he draws like a really good owl later on. Like he he's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, on definitely. And it just sets like a really good tone. Like that opening. Like I don't know. There's something kind of spooky about it. But there's also like it feels super peaceful when they're doing the rafting trip. Like it just like calms me down yeah. reading like the rafting trip scene. Yeah, like, like it, watching watching them like sail down river, like that was nice, actually. Yeah. That's hard to do because like they're not doing anything. Like he draws like several pages of them just like sitting there and it's gorgeous. And it and it just feels nice. Like you're just reading yeah. it and you're like, I feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, like I'm with these Raph, guys. Like Raph doesn't feel good because he almost died twice, but yeah. <laughs> but I feel good. <laughs> but I feel good. Like it makes me want to go on a rafting trip down a river and go camp somewhere. What <laughs> like well, you know what? This. I think that I think we should do that. The three of us will we'll meet up and then we'll go on a rafting trip. There we totally. go. I hope do we don't get attacked that. by fish people. I know. <laughs> do it in Northampton, you know, after they uh, get that manhole cover, they get yeah. a picture with the manhole. And... That's that's what we got to do. That's that's the ultimate yeah. turtle thing is we have to sail down a river in Northampton. And then that's how you call yourself a true turtles fan. And, and maybe <laughs> find maybe find like an abandoned factory where either we run into an alien princess or a rat king or... <laughs> or Murphy. All of that yeah. I am okay with. So yeah, let's do it. So yeah, I, I'm just gonna say that again. Like it's beautiful art, and I also love. I don't know. Like I kind of like how it's a more serious issue, and kind of like it gets a little heavy. You know? it, it gets a little heavy. I just wish it got a little heavier. Fair enough. Yeah. Like I, I liked the theme that they were that they started doing. And then it just feels like it ends so quickly. Like once once she died, like the merwoman dies, like that's that's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. Then they retreat, and then April's like, "Oh yeah, they kind of look like the turtles." The end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it left me with just like it, it worked for me personally. I it finished up, and I just kind of sat there, and I was like, "Well, I'm kind of 
depressed now. Like this is that was pretty heavy. Yeah, like it felt you know? somber. Like <laughs> yeah. like I'm not I'm not saying like it didn't come across. It just I wish they would have, you know, done a little bit more with it. Fair enough. Yeah, they had like four more pages, right? Or yeah, like of of even like the turtles kind of like even coming to that realization too would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Like oh crap, like those guys are just like us, kind of. Yeah, I mean. I, I see d- probably April because I feel like there's a difference between the turtles noticing and April noticing because like the turtles, I this is like a fact of life for them like that they're not going to continue on that they're not going to have kids that you know they're just they're, they're I mean, by is alone. it a fact of life to them have they thought about it that kind of stuff like I don't know it seems like Raphael has because that's what's bothering yeah. him so but it's weird that like Raphael is the most emotionally or like he's the one thinking the farthest yeah, like ahead that's, right now like that's, <laughs> that's weird that weird. raf yeah. would be the one to think yeah. about that but he's also like, the one who's almost died twice so i feel like yeah. that gets you thinking you know <laughs> probably yeah, yeah yeah probably i guess i've never almost died so, speaking yeah. of someone that hasn't you know almost died twice i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. within the span of three issues almost died twice yeah <laughs> i i think it might be something where april can kind of actually maybe see Almost, I don't just get a better idea of how the turtles feel and like what it's like to be them. Yeah. Simply because she's able to see a race almost die out. You know, I mean, will die out pretty much. There's only four dudes left. They're not going to be continuing to exist anymore. And so seeing that and seeing how big a loss that is, she can just kind of see that like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like my friends, the turtles are never going to have babies they're never gonna have babies they're never gonna continue they're gonna go extinct unless they meet you know alien girls unless they meet alien girls that i mean we're not gonna get into it I, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's gonna work out for leonardo right. and, and radical i know that but <laughs> all right Darn. men of shadow <laughs> men of shadow yeah man i love those the way he draws those turtles they look like grumpy old men but it totally works it does well because i mean if you look at a, even just a baby a normal baby turtle their faces kind of look like grumpy old men faces yeah yeah you know, that, that's just the way turtles look <laughs> they have these like vertical cracks in their mouth like they've been smoking a pack a day their entire like life. they're the, like, yeah they, like their faces are very rugged yeah they're rugged but at the same time like they still kind of have like almost that like just enough cute to like be good at mm-hmm. looking at them you yeah. know yeah. it's it's just like that fine balance he also does a good job and i don't know if he even does this in this issue it's just like i've seen enough of his covers and stuff to to know that he like shows them with their bandanas off several times or like pulled down yeah. around their neck instead of it over felt their like head. it felt like all the bandanas were a little unique too yeah um like uh, i think leo's was like a little bit more um like kept up and then like one of the other turtles was a little bit more rugged looking like it it like it had been ripped up a little bit mm-hmm. i don't know if that was intentional or if i just saw it in this one panel but <laughs> i noticed that and i was like that's kind of cool yeah i i love ac farley turtles just i love them he's yeah. one of my favorite he has one of my favorite like designs for the turtles themselves yeah same the first time I ever saw his art, he did the source books for the uh, Archie Adventure series. And when I was a kid, I was like, these look terrible. And just as I've grown, I'm like, man, these are such good looking turtles. 
I love they do this on the cover. I think uh, Michelangelo is like looking down, mm-hmm. and when he looks down, his chin actually goes into his shell, like it's a separate part of his body. I I've always loved that little detail that like mm. their their shell would stick out enough for them to be able to duck their head down into it a little bit. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and <laughs> bad story, great design. Exactly, great great design. He's a great artist, not not a super great uh, storyteller. No, not a super great writer. Uh, I do though. I do kind of like there being like a bigger universe out there with vampires and vampire hunters and stuff. You know, like we definitely did get thrown in the middle of this thing, and it was kind of hard to like swim your way, swim your way out of it. <laughs> you know, reading yeah. this issue. But I do kind of like the the idea of there just being this, you know, bigger universe out there in this world that the turtles are just only one oddity, you know, in the middle of all of it. Yeah, that that Allard guy seemed kind of cool. And like, I, I know we just kind of talked about the vampires generally, but they mentioned some names of vampires. And I'm pretty sure like they didn't kill all the vampires at the end of this. It seemed like it was a higher social structure there that they didn't get to. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, in volume four, it brings in vampires again. And I think they may even reference this issue, though, because they say something about vampires again or something like that. Really? Interesting. If so, then, like, they accidentally canonized it. So that's (laughs) going here. (laughs) Go figure. But uh, I'd have to go back. I'd love to see the turtles fight like more supernatural stuff like that. Like, I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I like seeing the turtles fight supernatural stuff a lot. We, we don't see it a whole ton. Uh, I mean, we kind of get it with the Pantheon now. But I don't know, something that's just like vampires or werewolves. You know, like zombies. They, zombies, yeah. They do that in, in these old Mirage comics, but you don't see that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why a Ninja Turtles Hellboy crossover should definitely happen. That would be pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Just, just gonna throw that out there into the ether. <laughs> Come on, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> I have to respond to us one day and be like, "No, we're not listening." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that all everyone's got for this issue? Yeah, that is about it. Yeah, I was All glad right. to read it again just because the art's good, but yeah, the story did not hold up very well. So. Yeah. As and far as the turtles bad. issue, I guess if it maybe if it was an Allard issue, it would be good. I don't know. I mean, if this guy got his own series <laughs> to kind of like give some more context to the story, I would maybe be like, like that would have been nice. But yeah, like I would have been more into it. I'm more, I'm more annoyed that he never shows up again. Yeah, yeah. All right, then should we talk about some news? I think we should. Let's get into it. <laughs> This is April O'Neill of Channel 6. It's been a big week. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, Spencer, you should start off the news because that was a great little bit you dropped. Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier. There is something, it looks like it's in the works, so it's not like guaranteed 100% yet, but I don't see why they would say no. That they're trying to make a site, as uh, the site where the turtles were created, the house uh, that was Mirage Studios. Uh, they're going to put a manhole cover out in front of it's now a vacant lot. So the house has been torn down, but they're going to put a manhole cover out in front of it that marks the spot. And they're hoping to get some custom turtle art done by Eastman and Laird uh, for it. You know, if all else fails, then just some 
words that say this is where the turtles were created. Uh, so it's going to be there in front of that house. Way cool. I'm definitely going to. It should be. It should be that manhole cover. Like that is a cool. That's that's such a cool like thing. Yeah, if it, it was that. It's such a cool idea, reference, and idea for it. And I will definitely embark on a pilgrimage just to pay homage to the <laughs> to the Ninja Turtle manhole cover where the turtles were created. Even if this even if this thing doesn't get made, I will get a picture in front of that vacant lot and be as happy as can be. But yeah, to like, Dover, New Hampshire, away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, they're they're kind of hometown heroes, so like you would hope they that's what they would do you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no it's it is definitely really cool like that is i mean it was a huge part of pop culture in the 90s uh, it definitely deserves to be recognized and to have its yeah definitely have its spot of fame uh in other news so this came across our desk earlier uh so tmnt man on reddit on the ninja turtles subreddit uh posted that he got an email from PCS Collectibles and Sideshow that they're going to be doing Last Ronin. Um, so the first thing that's been kind of teased has been a statue from PCS um, of presumably Michelangelo as the Last Ronin. Uh, I think it's going to be on the pricier side. I think I saw um, $1,000 for the statue. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, $7,000, huh? No, 1,000. Oh, 1,000. Okay. Jesus. 1,000 for, 1, not for the full statue. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but, but that is on the pricier side of the statue. 1,000 is still a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, they, they do have the PCS statues that we've seen at GameStop that are all about 50 bucks. And then okay. they have nicer statues because they have a shredder one that's about $700. That's the thing is, I've never seen them do like the $50 ones of the turtles, except for I think I've seen some of the 87 turtles. But yeah so it. yeah so so the statues that they have out right now are of the 87 stuff so it's mm-hmm. you know uh they have the four turtles and then they did bebop rock city krang and shredder um all of these i've seen at gamestop um in fact actually donatello just went on clearance at my gamestop <laughs> um i'm not in the statues so i'm not picking up that line but uh as tom waltz kind of teased you know on our three-hour interview with him go check it out if you guys haven't yet um that he would be surprised if they weren't doing any last run in merch and it seems like it's finally happening yeah so i, I think this is really just the beginning because he said uh, yeah i hope this opens companies. the floodgates i hope we get figures uh because that is my bread and butter even just a funko pop would be super cool yeah right um but if that opens the floodgates for further IDW stuff too, like, yeah, it sucks that the first thing is probably going to be over a thousand dollars. That's really hard to be like, oh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, say, yeah. You know, you're really putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a little disappointing that that's the first thing, but it's also you got to look at it as a positive because that is them starting. Mm-hmm. with trying to do what we want so well it's also speculation too because like we don't have an official price point release date design or anything you know? exactly so, so as a, as we record this right now there we don't have all of that in, that info um so like don't go you know beating down <laughs> beating down the doors to uh <laughs> collect pcs or pcs collectibles 
Um, so we'll, when we find out, we'll, we'll definitely be posting it, um, letting everybody know, um, like we try to do as much as possible. Yeah. And the last positive that I will also put on this, the last positive spin, you know, for people that are just like, oof, it's a statue and it's a thousand dollars or whatever, is that like this company has the confidence in this story and in this issue, like in, the, in these stories, I mean, this, this series, that's what I'm trying to say, that like they've made a very expensive statue because they believe people will buy it. Like a statue yeah, that gotta, expensive. Yeah. You got to look at it that way too. Like it's, it, 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 it costs a lot because like we all know 87 is what sells in this in this fran you know this franchise yeah like and so this is the first premium adult content not premium adult content <laughs> the pre- <laughs> premium collector uh content that uh <laughs> i'm about freudian slip um, this is the first premium like collector content that's not based on 87 or or the 1990 movie like this is the first this is the first non-classic turtle you know premium stuff they do have that's cool yeah sideshow does have some like 400 uh around their statue dollar statues of the turtles that i really love they kind of have like a realistic look to them those are the Um, good smile ones right no the good smile ones they kind of have more like a froggish look Oh, yeah, I remember which ones you're talking about. The like the ones where they look like the the Mirage Turtles. They don't look like the Mirage Turtles. They, they it's very much like its own design, and they're standing on like pipes and stuff in the sewers. Um, their eyes are I know white. What you're about. Oh, hang on, yeah. I, don't know I, I what love you're them. About. I think they look super cool, but they're like four or five hundred bucks. I'll I'll get also, a picture and send it to you. They're not based on like any sort of iteration, like this this slash Ronin would one would be. Yeah, and and so like that's what's so cool about them. And I love them, but they're out of my price range. Oh, those ones. Okay, I remember these ones. I gotta say, if uh, whoever's making these statues and merchandise is listening, yeah, what those I, ones were what, limited to five hundred, so they're they're a little pricey. Mm-hmm. What I really want is that fat four-legged flying Mauser from the first issue. <laughs> he was adorable. Make a toy, make a plushie, whatever. I will buy it. That Thank would be you. cool. <laughs> Ooh, what else yeah. we got this week? Um. Oh yeah, got a new issue of Turtles. We did. I'm I'm still behind on announcing those issues of Turtles. Darn it! I just I can't believe it was. To... I believe it was issue 118. It is. Yeah, it's issue 118. It came out Wednesday, so <laughs> it'll be a week old by the time you're uh, listening to this. But uh, that's I okay. Head on down to your local comic book shop or uh, the IDW app to go check that issue out yeah but they i threw really us a little highly... curveball they, they threw us a little curveball because i think this one came out like two weeks after the last one so well yeah it's slightly seems, faster it seems, schedule now it seems pretty quick um because yeah. we just had 117 mm-hmm. yeah you know it came out because yeah 117 came out at the beginning of the month like the first week and this one's come out this week which is why i thought it this this book was coming out next week and so i was going to announce it in this episode yeah. anyway and then i saw i only found out released. about it because uh kevin eastman was posting his cover for it and i was yeah. like oh yeah which i, think I the... noticed jenica wasn't on the cover huh oh, it has lita and then the four turtles yeah i'm no only no jenny i'm only two issues behind being caught up so i would I know. think she's on the she's on the a cover though i believe 
Okay. No, right. Like she like she'll probably be on the A cover, but I was just I just thought it was weird that she wasn't on his cover. Oh, true. Cuz like he's been drawing her a lot lately. So Yeah. Last thing I want to add, Mike mentioned reading it on the IDW app. I'd recommend reading it like on Comixology instead. The IDW reader, especially right now, is not very good because they had well, to completely overall haul everything. I mentioned the IDW app because you can purchase them there. Yes, you can. Uh, it is the easiest way to purchase everything that you're missing. But yeah, the Comixology app is much better for reading. It's way better for reading. Uh, IDW app has some kinks it needs to work out. What happened is, is like the turtles. We've already talked about it before on here. Yeah. But they did have an app for it, but the person who provided the service for them that like created the reader went out of business. And so now they've had to like scramble. And so they, now they have everything on one IDW app. And like, it seems like it was thrown together pretty quickly. Uh, it is not the best experience for reading comics. I don't recommend it. Uh, until they fix, fix their problems. So what, you know, we care about you guys. We yeah. care about your experience. So. Yes. <laughs> so do what Spencer said. Mike, I, I looked up uh, Kevin Eastman's cover to 118. I I think you're right. There is no Jenica, but there's a Michelangelo and two Raphaels. <laughs> See? <laughs> See, that threw me off. Yeah, yeah. There's clearly like they're both red. Though they're both red. <laughs> yeah, and that's a very Oops. orange yellow. But yeah, oh well. God, they just blend in with each other because I'm looking at it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like it's just it's just it's Jenny, Raph, Don, Raph. <laughs> yeah, Leo. Leo. And they're on like a green background anyway, so they're kind of blended in. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. And that's <laughs> and that's the thing is like the bandana trail from the top raft like almost goes all the way down to the second one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, funny. Fun stuff. All right. What other news we got this week? I think that's it. That's it on my I end. I think that, yeah, I think that's Ooh. gonna do it. Great. So that's our show this week. Thank you so yeah, much for listening. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you guys like the show, let us know somewhere on the internet. Uh, you can tell us that you love us over on all of our socials at Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you like the show a lot, go leave a review on the podcasting app of your choice that lets other people find the show uh, and lets them know what you think of the show and lets us know uh, what you like and you know maybe you know say say nice things you know. <laughs> because we love that kind of stuff but also it helps us you know find out what you guys like so that we can definitely provide more of that yeah and you know hit the subscribe button on all those different things because not only does it help us but it helps you because you'll know when new episodes are coming out yeah. which is every tuesday but you know it's every tuesday you know <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're we're pretty good about our turtle tuesday schedule we are very good about it and yeah. also you will just won't forget you know yeah exactly it'll be there waiting for you like setting up a pull list at your local comic book shop, it'll be right there waiting for you. Yeah. 4 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. It's out. God, that's so early. Man. Well, that's when I wake up. That's what happens in your construction. <laughs> yeah. You know that, guys? Oh, yeah. Spencer puts it up as soon as he wakes up. I mean, I schedule it and it just goes up on oh, itself. Okay. But then I, I like share my it version social better. media. <laughs> I like Mike's version better, yeah. too. Yeah. I... Don't worry. We still love you guys. Now, <laughs> Spencer, what are we going to do next week? Next week, we're going to be watching episodes 16, 17, and 18 of season three in the 1987 series. All right. So that's the four Musketurtles 
turtles, turtles everywhere, and Cowabunga Shredhead. Ah, Cowabunga Shredhead, we're here. <laughs> Guess we know what all season episode. All season, Mike has been waiting for I've been waiting for this, this one and one more episode this season, but ah, Cowabunga <laughs> Shredhead. Awesome. So you got reasons to be excited and tune in next week. Because if I'm excited, you guys should be excited. Definitely. All right, then. That's it. That's all we got to say. <laughs> that's it. Yep. That's it for this week. So, that's uh, it for in this show. Week. In show. <laughs> Until next time, Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Maybe I ought to read more books, huh, Don? <laughs> <laughs>